0: and a resident of a state where DK Horse is available. Eligibility restrictions apply. Voidware prohibited. One per new customer. Match calculated on first deposit up to a maximum of $250. Deposit requires two-time playthrough of settled wagers within 168 hours. Bonus released in $25 increments. Deposit and eligibility restrictions apply. See terms at dkhorse.com.
1: Live by Live has all of your favorite music, and you can listen for free. Whether you hit play on one of our hundreds of curated music stations or create your own custom artist radio station, you'll find the music you love on Live by Live. Visit LiveXLive.com or search LiveXLive Live in the App Store or Google Play and listen for free now.
0: It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. <laughs> yeah, it is, but it's not just any. Ross Tucker football podcast. It is a wisdom Wednesday presented by you guys. I love you guys. Shout out goes to Johanna Younger. I think we just mentioned her the other day when we talked about one of the intense discussions related to the NFL and the Rooney rule that Johanna and Tuckheads Jay were having on our private Slack channel. And boom, today was her day for a shout-out. So, Johanna, you got back-to-back shout-outs. Hopefully, we are saying your name, pronouncing it correctly. She became a patron at patreon.com slash rtmedia. You guys can as well. We will have a Spread the Word winner and a Sponsor Confirmation email winner on Friday. Very much looking forward to it. Can't tell you how much we appreciate those of you that like it or retweet it when we post it on at RTF Podcast or at Ross Tucker NFL, Twitter, Instagram, etc. Hopefully you guys are already following. If you're not, please do. We are trying to to build up those accounts and every once in a while Brian has some uh some extra new deals and stuff that he posts. On the at RTF podcast accounts, we have a new intern, intern Casey, who's working on our Instagram account at RTF podcast. She is a figure skater at Penn State. So we got some cool things happening. Looking forward to giving out a couple winners on Friday. But you got to you got to play to win. You got to take advantage of one of the sponsors or you got to spread the word via social media. You got to play to win. Uh, Speaking of playing, speaking of winning. Every time we play the audio of my interview with Andrew, we all win. And it is uncanny how much every week there's a bunch of things to talk about with Andrew Brandt, like unbelievably uncanny every week. Incentivizing minority hiring, NFL facilities opening, Aaron Rodgers' first public comments, the governor, I mean, it's 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 like they design Wednesdays for Andrew Brandt. It's Big Show time. The Big Show. So, Andrew, before we dive into the minority hiring stuff and the NFL facilities opening up, you first got to tell me how you made the connection with this week's Business of Sports interview guest because – I was not expecting that one when I saw that one posted, Andrew.
2: Yeah, Ross, neither was I. But I came across, as I do my readings, I read in a variety of topics, including law, uh, because I guess my day job, I'm a law professor. And I noted in an ABA, American Bar Association, article about the leading animal rights lawyer in the country. And not only did she do an interesting job, and was one of four animal rights lawyers teaching law school in the country, uh, she brought down Joe Exotic. She brought down the Tiger King. And when I say brought him down, brought federal actions against him based on the Animal Welfare Act. And I'm like, yeah, it's not really sports, but it kind of is. And she, this is something that, captured the nation during this quarantine, I I read a hundred million people watch the tiger King and I'm like, yeah, she's interesting. And she really brought down this guy who's now in jail. And she told her story and she told the story of wild animals being stuck in these roadside zoos. And they're the puppy mills for big cats and all those things. Very interesting. Carney Ann Nasser on the business of sports podcast the woman who brought down the Tiger King.
0: It is very interesting. It's also very interesting, Andrew, what's going on right now in the NFL as it relates to minority hiring. Yesterday, they removed some barriers for position coaches to become coordinators in the past teams could block that. Some of the more specific Rooney rule minority initiatives were tabled as I like to do kind of wanted to give you a a blank canvas with your thoughts on the news that I think came out first maybe last Friday night or Friday afternoon and then the vote yesterday what are you thinking about what the NFL is trying to do as it relates to the Rooney rule
2: yeah and I think Ross before we get to the controversial part of it did not get passed Let's give the NFL a bravo, a a clap, a nod, a kudos. Because, you know, you and I both are critical of the NFL on a lot of things, even the Rooney rule. But they've taken steps, as you just mentioned, to really encourage systematic change, not just, hey, interview a minority for your head coach, interview a minority for your general manager, which is, as we know, can be a sham. They've really taken further steps, and you and I have scratched our heads. Well, how do you improve it? Well, you go to the grassroots, you try to have a bigger pool, you have more people uh, beyond head coach and general manager affected, you set up more than one interview, and all of that was done. And all of that seems to be on the plate. And I give the NFL a special kudos because all the news in the world right now, including the sports world, is focused on the pandemic, yet here they are uh, instituting some systematic change in favor of diversity and inclusion. Good on them. Good on the NFL. And bravo. As for this proposal that got all the attention, which we can describe as incentive-based hiring if you hire a uh, minority GM and or coach, you get moved up in the third or fourth round of the draft, moved up in later rounds for lower positions. I think that got a lot of ridicule because, you know, as you had some minorities saying, I wouldn't want to be hired knowing that that's the reason it happened. And again, easy to be critical. But they were deciding amongst themselves that enforcement wasn't working. And and the, the, the sort of punishment side wasn't working, so let's work on the incentive side. I had a different reaction than anyone else, I think, because my first reaction, and this will surprise you, I think, was, oh man, now these GMs are all calling their analytics people. You know, all these Harvard and Penn trained statisticians who sit in the back of the office and say, give me some models on that. You know, give me some models. If we hire a minority head coach or GM, give me some models on that. What's the value? You know, That was my first reaction, that the GMs are all going to their analytics people and say, okay, you got nothing to do now. Let's work on that. Uh, so maybe that's a strange reaction, but that's what I had.
0: Wow, that is interesting. Um, it, it's What's really interesting about it is you are really incentivized to lose good minority candidates, it's like there's some incentivization to hire, but there's even more incentivization to get them when they're younger or lower on the totem pole, and then have them get promoted.
2: Yeah, I mean that's something I hadn't even thought about. I think you're right there. You know, because now you're talking about losing them. There's a whole there's a retention aspect to this, which is interesting. And I'm looking at it again from the other side than you are, which is not only you get incentives for hiring, but incentives if uh, if the coach finishes, I believe, the third year. Um, these are like these retention bonuses that are in employee contracts. So I thought that interesting, but as we know, here sitting here uh, midweek, it didn't pass. <laughs> so and and i translated it on twitter when it when things are tabled in nfl meetings it means they didn't have the votes you know commissioners from back from pre Roselle, paul tagliabu roger goodell they're smart you know they're not gonna have votes unless it passes and sometimes unless it passes unanimously so yeah they're smart uh it's tabled meaning it's not going to pass but it may rear its head again next year.
0: We also have Andrew NFL facilities opening up yesterday on a limited basis and different teams are taking different tactics in the states where they're allowed to open up.
2: Yeah, and you know, I wrote my I'm writing my Sports Illustrated column and I'm writing this really challenges. I think I mentioned to you this last week the whole notion upon which the NFL is built, competitive balance, where everybody's under the same playing field. And the three things I write about and talk about most are all about competitive balance. Number one, draft. Number two, salary cap. And number three, restraints on movement and free agency. That's all about competitive balance. And everything they do is about keeping people on a level playing field. But if some can go in and some can't, that's a problem. We know this is not about coaches and players right now. So I guess we're okay, right? We're okay on the competitive balance side. But at some point, that will be an issue. However, now we see even the hardest hit states, New York, Texas, California, talking about reopening. So... This thing is so fluid, Ross. I mean, I I was thinking this is a real competitive balance problem, but is there's more optimism right now about the country opening, maybe not. We'll see.
0: What did you think, Andrew, of Aaron Rodgers, a guy that you know very well? His first public comments last Friday regarding you know, the team drafting Jordan love, not a, not an easy spot for him to be in.
2: No. And, and I, I always say this, I have to, my full disclosure that whatever I say about Rogers, I know people accuse me and I'm, I admit, you know, I have some bias, Uh, known him since the day he was drafted and have some bias there. But having said that, I thought he handled it like a pro and honesty, obviously, you know, for him to get up there and say, yeah, it didn't bother me at all. I think would have been really disingenuous. So he, like everyone in the world said, I was surprised by the pick. I mean, who do you know in the football world that was not surprised by the pick? Of course they were. And he understands. And you know, there's a realization there Ross that I realized that starkly, after it, that he realized, which is there's an expiration date now on Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, which is just so stark to say, but it's so true because Jordan Love is going to play. And sure, if Aaron's injured, maybe they can look at him. But these people who tweet me and say, well, maybe they don't see a lot in love. They'll keep Rodgers. The answer is no. There's just no. There's There's no possibility of that. They're not going to trade or cut Jordan Love in a couple of years because he didn't look good filling in during injury time for Aaron Rodgers. I mean, this it's not going to happen. And the idea of flipping him—well, they already spent a first. I don't. So I don't get any of that. There is no in between in this case. Jordan Jordan Love is going to play. So the question is when. And I think Aaron realizes that because he'll be he'll be playing somewhere else when Jordan Love is playing.
0: You know, we touched on the facilities opening, Andrew. We didn't really touch on Texas, New York, California, all like seemingly on the same day, almost like it was coordinated, saying that, you know, May 31st or early June, that they would accept pro sports back in their state's uh, provided they go ahead and follow certain protocols and no fans, what do you think what was your read on that, especially California when he had seemingly said the opposite
2: yeah i didn 't get that i mean I thought l a county was like shut down through the fall i mean the u c system which i i just found out the other day that does not include u c berkeley or u c l a it 's more this UC Fullerton or Cal state, I'm sorry, it's the Cal state schools announced online only in the fall. So I don't, I'm not sure exactly what's going on there, but the bottom line for us is stadiums can open, but we expect no fans or limited fans, or I guess it's all fluid. I mean, I looked a little closer, Ross, at the Miami model that came out a couple of weeks ago, and there was a possibility of, I believe, 15,000 fans. Now, that's dramatic decrease in revenue, of course, but it's not zero. Excuse me. It's not zero. So, you know, these kind of things are going to be popping up more. Can you retrofit a stadium in the right way? Are cities that have less cases going to allow more fans than minimal? These are all things they're going to find out over the coming weeks.
0: What did you think, Andrew? Um, It just came out kind of this morning. You might not even know that much about it, but there are these reports now that uh, people believe Vince McMahon is trying to buy the XFL out of bankruptcy from Vince McMahon.
2: Yeah, I don't know about that. I just saw the headline, Ross. I think it's, um, you know, I was surprised they shut it down. But then you start thinking about carrying costs for a year without having games. Um, And then you start seeing that headline, and my thoughts were, wow, is this some kind of scheme? Where he avoids all the expenses for a year and then gets it back? So, yeah, my mind raced throughout that. And again, admit to bias here, but Oliver Luck is a friend, his impeccable reputation in the industry, and there seems to be a lot of animus between Oliver Luck and Vince McMahon as they fight about Oliver's contract. So I don't know what to believe.
0: You got to check him out on the Business of Sports podcast, truly unique one this week. Before that, for back-to-back weeks, he had David Falk. They were Long and awesome interviews for everybody that watched The Last Dance on TV. You should check that out. A minimum, you should be subscribed to Andrew Brandt's Business of Sports podcast so that you can check it out. Andrew, thanks so much for the time as always.
2: Always a pleasure, Ross.
0: Awesome stuff with Andrew as always. Like I said, it's unbelievable how well it times up. By the way, it's also unbelievable that some of you have never checked out Rostucker.com. I get it. You like the podcast. You listen on your podcast app. Totally get it. But we're kind of proud of it. I think it looks pretty awesome. Check it out. Just scroll around. RossTucker.com. See what you like. You got the Amazon affiliate links. You got a link to all of our sponsors there, which you might forget. Harry's and SeatGeek and Saks Underwear and... Casper and Roman, Lightstream, Keeps, Modern CBD, 1 Flowers, I mean, Bombas Socks, Mac Weldon. I mean, there's all kinds of things available on the homepage at rostucker.com. And then you can click on at the top. You can click speaker or shop to maybe buy some merch. You can get the Patreon app there, the podcast sponsors, about your boy. RossTucker.com, where all your hopes and dreams might come true. Probably not, but it's funny anyway. Go ahead.
1: Check it out. Let's start, Russ, with, uh, well, following up with your conversation with Andrew, uh, anything else with the NFL's minority hiring initiative votes yesterday that you want to add to?
0: Well, I think that they're going in the right direction in the sense that I do think that especially what they did with not being able to block guys from getting coordinator jobs, I never liked that. I I am so anti being able to block upward mobility. It's not even funny. And it really, that's not even a minority thing. I mean, I'm sure that'll help minorities, but that's just a – Principal thing and so just so you know the reason why they they had that is because teams would name a guy a coordinator who wasn't even really the coordinator and so it was kind of like when parcells was able to get jeff ireland to be his gm in miami even though everybody knew parcells was still the gm right so that's that's what they were trying to avoid but i say so what I mean, I say if if it's a promotion and it's more money and more responsibility and the guy wants to do it, I don't think you should be able to block it. I I really don't. So I like that part of it as well. Uh, Andrew and I talked a lot about the minority-specific part of it. I think what's been most notable to me are guys like Anthony Lynn, Lewis Riddick, Dominique Foxworth, and others speaking out against it I mean, of course you're not going to pass something if a lot of people that could be affected by it speak out negatively against it. I mean, how could you,
1: how could you pass it at that point?
2: Duck
1: what about uh, with teams taking different tactics in terms of reopening their facilities, as well as what some of the governors had to say?
0: You know, Brian, I'm curious what it's like down there in Baton Rouge, but I can tell you here in central Pennsylvania... Over the last week or so, things have kind of changed. And I'm talking even like where my mom lives in Redding, where I live in Harrisburg on the East Shore, which is Dauphin County, which is still in the red zone, not in the yellow zone. Neither is my mom. It, it's almost like after the two month mark, Bry, people are really starting to, to think about what the next mitigation steps are in other words, like people don't want to just be in their houses anymore. The weather's nicer. People are looking to get out and, and be a little bit more social or do a little more things. I think what that, what those risks are, are different for different people, right? Like I've had a couple of social distance gatherings. One I went to, one I had here, where people, you know, we set up about 10 feet away from each other and were able to talk with friends, et cetera. You know, we didn't do that the first like seven weeks, really. And I think the first time I did that was my mom came here for Mother's Day and it was very tough to not hug her. Uh, or for her to not be able to hug my daughters, her granddaughters. Very tough. I just think people in general are starting to try to find like a new normal. But the risk tolerance that different people have is is different. You know, like, you know, some people are comfortable with getting together with other people. I am still at the stage where I'd prefer to stay at least six feet away. Have you noticed this at all, Bri in Baton Rouge that more people are doing more things and kind of tipping their, dipping their toes in the water or maybe their whole leg or maybe they're
1: jumping in. I don't know. I, yeah, I totally agree with that. And and I could see that just going out and about if I got to go to the grocery store or, or run an errand or something, and I see the stores are a little bit more crowded. I see that there 's a little bit more traffic on the roads where a month ago there was nobody on the road. Uh, so I definitely see people uh, venturing out more uh, with the restaurants starting to open in that phased opening with what twenty five or fifty percent capacity you 're starting to see people out and about so definitely and I think I think people are saying, if you're healthy, if you're young, I've had enough with this, and it's time to start living our lives. And I also see on the flip side people who think that they may be, whether it's, uh, you know, have a, any sort of uh, complications or p- potential complications, they're just staying at home. They're like, look, that's great. You want to go out and do your thing? I, I don't feel comfortable yet. So I think the, I think you're seeing both sides of it.
0: It is, and, there, and different people feel different. And I just mentioned that because I feel like, different teams are handling these opening of facilities differently. Some say, nah, next week. Some say, okay, a couple people. And uh, the governors are kind of all starting to handle these things a little bit differently as well. So there's just a, I don't think anybody really has the right answer. Uh, I think everybody has to do within what's legal or not legal. Uh, what's legal, I should say, what's best for them, uh, what they feel most comfortable with. It seems like as compared to some of my friends or family members, I'm still one of the more conservative ones. I don't know. I'm like a, I'm kind of a, I'm a rule follower for the most part. So I don't know. I will say this. It's not fun in life typically. And I'm not usually like this, but it's not fun being the, um, most disciplined one or i don 't know how you describe it, but the most cautious one it 's never never fun being that person, but on some level, with some of the conversations i 've had recently with friends and family, I feel like I feel like I am.
1: Some other news includes the Redskins signing cornerback Aaron Colvin, the Saints, Inking guard, Patrick Omame, NFL is looking into protective N95 material for face masks, and they named Jeff Miller EVP of communications in addition to health and safety.
0: So Colvin, Omame, you know, teams looking for depth. These guys are getting like the minimum. The Saints no longer have Warford. So if a if center goes down, they've got two young centers in McCoy as well as Easton can play center, and they also have Ruiz. But if a guard goes down, I think they wanted to make sure they had another guard there. No, ex- they, they don't want there to be any holes or excuses if they're not able to um, go far in the playoffs. They, they have an awesome roster. They, they really do. Uh, as for the N95 material for face masks, that's interesting because – I feel like there's enough room between your mouth and the face mask that you could still breathe. Unlike when you have one of these cloth masks right up against you, I think they might be able to protect some of the droplets without you know, affecting the guy's breathing. And Jeff Miller, EVP of communications, it's just crazy to me how many times the NFL has changed who's in charge of communications. Like in the last five years, I feel like it's been – like five different people. It's, it's unbelievable, really, when you think about it. Um, I, I've lost track of how many people have been in charge of communications for the NFL. Um, I haven't lost track of your emails, Bri. So let's get to one.
2: Ever wanted to ask an NFL player a question? Well, here's, here's your, your chance. chance. It's time to
0: ask Ross. The email address is ross at rostucker.com. Anytime you become a patron or you take advantage of any of sponsors, you can email me a question. I'm going to actually read this one, Bri, uh, for multiple reasons. One was because he was writing it to me, and, be, and two, um, he wanted this to be anonymous, so I wanted to make sure. But I, I thought every once in a while it's nice to read one of these. Look, it makes me feel good, and um, hopefully you guys enjoy it as well. So this is from an anonymous listener. Hi, Ross. I just signed up to be a patron after many years of enjoying your podcast. I actually remember when you wrote an article for SI.com around 2007 about the end of your playing career with Peter King. I recall enjoy reading an article with a player's perspective and also appreciated your ins- insight and intelligence. I was therefore very happy several years later when you joined the Football Today podcast at ESPN. I have listened to every one of your football podcasts since then for ESPN. And after you left, and I also listen regularly to the college draft podcast. Pretty cool. He said, I don't have a question for you, but just wanted to say that I have always appreciated and enjoyed your insight, intelligence, and wide and broad knowledge of football. I also enjoy your humor, your description of your family, personal life, food, and other behind-the-curtain details. All that information and your perspective, humor, and insight really make your podcast entertaining. In addition to all the interesting information you provide on so many football-related topics, I also enjoy your banter with Brian, although I still miss your conversations with Matt Williamson. I should get Matt on again soon, by the way. I have tried to support your podcast over the years by patronizing your sponsors such as Sherry's Berries, 100 Flowers and other companies. With the COVID-19 crisis and its related negative economic impacts, my wife and I made a decision to try to more directly support those businesses and services that we enjoy and utilize. I've recently subscribed to The Athletic and also decided to become a patron to support your podcast. In addition to your podcast, I listen to a lot of books on tape when I run. I pay for most of those books, and I believe the money is well spent for the hours of content I receive, so it only makes sense that I pay for your content, which I enjoy as well. Anonymous 49ers fan, and he, he told me that um, the company he works for has NFL relationships and team relationships, so he's not allowed to publicly comment on the nfl so anonymous niners fan i just gotta tell you it's been kind of a rough couple weeks for various reasons like that that email's awesome that that means a lot i really really appreciate it you know i love when you guys ask questions and i love answering them but it's also pretty cool just uh You know, just to get some appreciation every once in a while, because there's not a lot of, you know, it's usually just me talking. I don't, it's not like a call-in show where you guys can say, hey, Ross, it's Joey, love the show. You know, it's like, it's not that kind of deal. So it's nice to know, like, okay, there are actually people listening. They are actually appreciating it. They do listen when I mention 100 Flowers or whatever it is, and they do take advantage of it from time to time, which helps the show. It's awesome. And I'll say this. I've been the same way. Like I've got a buddy that has a pizza shop and a brewery and both times, uh, three times, I guess, I've gone for pickup. I have um, I've I've left pretty, pretty hefty tips because even though like these places are operating and they're able to, you know, do takeout. You know if there's nobody in the restaurant, there's no waitresses getting tips there's no bartenders getting tips like in those people that's what they rely on so uh not everybody's uh in a in a position where they can do it. I totally understand, but I agree with the base premise of that, which is that if you know some businesses that could use it and you're able to do it um Going the extra mile, I think, in the in this time is uh is much appreciated. I know that the people at uh well I'll just say because it it's one of the it's one of the I think we're done here shout outs, Pizza Boy Brewing. So I know that they appreciated it, and um I was really happy to do it because they you know, those people are great and they deserve it. Other shout outs today to the White Label Group, NFL Cliches dot com and Dynastyfreaks.com. dot I've got a really good guest, Danny Parkins, from 670 to Score in Chicago on today's Even Money podcast. Highly encourage you guys checked out. Other than that, I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker football podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the fantasy feasts, even money, business of sports and college draft all available at Apple podcasts, Rostucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found. Angie's list is now Angie, your home for everything home. Angie still has the same top pros and reviews you've counted on for more than 20 years. Only now you'll also get access to all the tools you need to make your home a happy place. Inside, outside, big or small, Angie helps you find the right solution for whatever you need done, all from your phone. It's simple to find upfront pricing and instantly book hundreds of projects. You can even search pricing guides to see what others paid for similar jobs and easily compare quotes from top local pros to make sure you're getting a fair price. From lawn care to repairing the AC to the project of your dreams, Angie has your home projects handled from start to finish.